Welcome to Passion Life Church. This morning. How's uh, 2018 going for you so far? How's, how's the New Year's resolution 21 days into January? Well, you know what? Just remember, there's grace this morning. And, uh, but I want to help us. I want to help us with the hopes that we have for the new year. And we've uh, dived into this series that we've entitled Uphill Habits, a new direction for the new year. And really, here's our hope that this year won't be the same as last year. Come on, somebody. And you may have had a great last year, but can I ask you this? Do we believe that things can get better in our lives? I believe things can get better. Well, I don't think anything can get better. No, it can't. Have some faith. Come on, somebody. Have some faith that things can get better. And so in this series we've been talking about, and this is really the thesis of the series, is that a lot of people have uphill hopes. They want, I, you know, a hope, and hope is so good. But listen, hope is not a strategy. Hope is a motivator. Motivated, it helps get you started. Hope will help get you started. But here's what we need. We need to add some habits to our hopes because habits are actions that help our hope. And habits are so important. You know, I love the study of habit just because, you know, in truth, we can become what we repeatedly do. You know, Pastor Phil, where, where is that in the Bible? The Bible says that we reap what we sow. That as we sow. And see, sometimes we don't like our harvest. We don't like the things that are happening in our life. And it's because of the things that we're doing and we're sowing. And I've been saying in this series, your habits are seeds that you are putting into the future. We, not, we may not be able to know what we see. Man, I don't know what, what's, what's coming in, in 2018. I don't know what I see. You know what? But what you can know is you can seed, S-E-E-D, into 2018. And so at the end of 2018, we look at our life. We go, oh, I don't like the harvest. Maybe it's because of the things that we invested. And so now at the beginning of the year, we can look and say, you know what? I want to put some good seeds. I want to have some good habits. But see, a lot of people have uphill hopes, but they have downhill habits, right? Oh, if I could just lose the weight, right? Oh, that's the hope. But the habit, you ain't gonna have that going through the window at McDonald's. Come on, somebody. I know it's quick, but how quick the pounds come on, right? And so what I'm saying to you today is that we have to add habits to our hope. And hope is good. We need hope. But again, what is hope is a motivator, but it's not a strategy. Let's put some strategy. Let's put some habits. And, uh, you know, you may say, you know, Pastor Phil, I've been here before. It's another new year. You know, starting again. I've already tried this. You know, can I just ask you this question? Have you tried it with God I'm not talking about a new habit of I want to play the guitar this year. I'm talking about some godly habits in our lives and allowing him to help us, not self-help. Come on. 
God help in our life. And this has been the theme verse for us. And we're reading out of the message translation. You don't have to turn there. But it says, fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out. This is how God changes us. He changes us from the inside out, not from the outside in. Religion will tell you, you got to do this. Religion will tell you, hey, you got to just change your behavior. God's like, no, let me change you from the inside out. And when I give you a life transformation on the inside, it'll change the way that you act. Fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out. Readily recognize what he wants from you and quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity. I love the way the message says this. Listen to this. God brings the best out of you. If you'll allow him to help you this year, God will bring the best out of you. And it says this, and he will develop a well-formed maturity in you. That is really our goal. This year, 2018, that you mature in the things of God, that we grow up in the things of God. And for just a moment, let's do a quick review because we're going through four habits and tomorrow, and next Sunday, we'll have a little surprise for you next week and uh, uh, for, for our, our message part. It's gonna be an amazing time. But we're talking about four habits and the first one we went through is the first one was to put God first. In other words, focus on what we do First, what we do first in our life sets the precedence for the rest. And all the coffee people said, amen, right? Because I get up, don't talk to me till I've had my coffee, right? And uh, I can't function. I've heard people say, I can't function until I have my coffee. Why? Because the coffee is first. And they realize that when they have that first, it sets the precedence for the rest. It's a principle that if we'll put God first, he will take care of the rest. And habit number two. We talked about last week how to control our thought life. It's so important. It doesn't start with our behavior. It starts with our thoughts. We can't think negative thoughts and live a positive life. And I just want to encourage you. And I want to thank you. As a matter of fact, a lot of you texted me this week. Phil loved the message last week. It was, it was powerful. I'm just telling you, if you weren't here, please listen to it about your thought life. It may be one of the most defining messages of the year because your behavior is a result of your thinking. And if you can change your thinking, you can change your behavior. It all starts with a thought. Your thoughts determine how you feel. Oh, I just feel yicky. It's probably because you got yicky thoughts. But if you can change the thoughts, and you can, God gives us the power, you can change the way you feel and the way that you behave. Can I hear a good amen this morning? So let's dive into habit number three. This is going to be good this morning. Habit number three is I have to keep my life aligned with my purpose. Or let me say it this way. I need to keep my life aligned with God's purpose for me. You know, my wife is a physical therapist, and uh, I've learned a lot about alignment, just having her in my life. And, you know, she, my wife is just so amazing. She's like the kindest person, you know, that you'll ever meet. And I was a youth pastor back then, and she had just 
uh, finish her schooling to go into being a physical therapist. And we were having a conversation one time and just talking about what I did. And, she, you know, we, we came to that conversation of how much money I make and how much money she makes. As a youth pastor, I did not make a lot of money. And she was a therapist. And she looked at me. She goes, yeah, but together we're going to make this amount of money. And here's what she said. She goes, you work on people's inside. I work on people's outside. And then she gave me a little neck rub. And I was like, you are anointed, lady. Woo! Thank you, Jesus. You are the one. Right? And so I've learned as, as we got married that um, a lot about alignment because I'll go to her and I'll say, you know, Val, my back is, is hurting. My, my back really hurts. And she'll look and she'll, she'll like touch. And she's like, well, that's because your hamstrings are too tight. And have you been sitting a lot today? Well, I, I was on the computer. And then so she'll say, you need to do this particular stretch, this particular stretch. And I'll say, whoa, 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 wait, I don't know if you heard me. My back is hurting. She says, yeah, your back is hurting because there's something wrong with your hamstrings. And so when you get your hamstrings right, the pain in your back will subside. And then she'll do this stretch on me. And guess what? My back feels better. And see what happens sometimes, and this can happen sometimes in life. We have pain in one place, but the problem is in another place. We can have pain in one area, and the reality of it is it's because another area in our life is out of alignment. And so what can happen is we're trying to fix all of these areas in our life, and we never deal with it's out of alignment. And once we can get that back in alignment, the pain will be released. And it's amazing to me how once she stretched out my hamstrings, I felt like I could run 10 miles. And I thought, well, I thought the problem was with my back because that's where the pain was. But the truth was, is that my hamstrings came out of alignment. And see, if we can get our lives in alignment with God's purposes, that'll take care of a lot of the problems and the pain that we have today. Can I hear a good amen? Yeah, you can put your hands together. That's a good word. That's a good word. It's a really good word today. Now you're all physical therapists. Hallelujah. I'll print your certificates right after the service. But here's what happens. When your life gets aligned with God's purposes, you'll find that the pain that you, you thought and you used to have isn't there anymore because you're in right alignment. And I can't think, honestly, of a more important, something more important that brings clarity to the way that we spend our time, the way that we spend our money, the way that we manage our marriage, the way that we manage our kids and your job is knowing why you are on the planet today. I want to tell you why this is so important. Because this can become a little cliche for everybody. I have a purpose. I have a purpose. I hear it all the time. This is the big deal. Your purpose was the purpose you were on this planet. And if you do not understand that, any use that is misuse is always abuse. 
Let me say that again. Any use that is misuse is abuse. So if you do not understand why God has you every morning waking up and taking in the air, you can misuse your life and it turns into abuse because you do not understand why God has you here. And there's a purpose. And here's, can I just just really enforce this, this moment or accent this moment. That's the reason why your personality is the way it is. That's why you're drawn to certain things in life. It all has to do with your purpose. That's why some of you, when you open up your mouth, you sing and you can sing because God has a purpose for you. There's a reason why some of you in here, you are craftsmanship. You can do a, because God has created you for a purpose. And in God's eyes, everything in your life should line up with that. And to be honest, that's the hallmark of the vision of our church. We want to help you find that purpose. Because when you get in alignment with your purpose, who life is fulfilling. Life is satisfying. Sign up for the growth track. We want to help you do that. You know, that's actually even one of the ways that we pastor people here is help people get in line with their purpose. As a pastor, I'm not here to teach you how to solve problems. What I am teaching you is trying to align you with your purpose because once things get in alignment, some of those problems will just dissipate. And so this morning, when things are in alignment, it, take care, it takes care of so many other things. Let me give you three reasons today why alignment is so important. Number one, it's important because I have a purpose. This isn't just for preachers. This isn't just aspiring people that aspire to be president one day or to aspire to be leaders. Every single one of us has been designed for a specific purpose. And your life will never make sense until you find your purpose. Your life will never make sense until you align yourself with God's purpose. You know, Psalms chapter 139, 16 says this, your eyes, talking about God, your eyes saw my unformed body. Listen to this. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them even came to be. So God says in your book, he has written, leave that scripture up for me. He says he's written right in your book and all those days are ordained. Now, some of you, maybe you're like me. I've written a couple of my own chapters in the book and those chapters weren't so good right? Uh, they just weren't so good. But it's, you know, what's incredible. God has just this unique ability to make the last chapter that he wrote still fit into how many chapters that I have written that shouldn't be in there. But you know what? It tells us that God creates us with a purpose in mind. The Bible says even before um, that you came into existence, he knew you. He already had this plan. And see, if we'll seek God, he'll help us. You know, I love this scripture in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. It says this, for we are God's workmanship. Man, we're his craftsmanship. Created in Christ. Look at this. To do good. What is that word? works. You were created to do good works, which God prepared in advance for you. And so his whole purpose for you involves doing good work. Let me say it this way. You're God's masterpiece. You're his masterpiece that he made. You're that one of a kind painting, if you will, 
that God created for a purpose. And this gets me so excited. And there's never going to ever be another one of you ever on this planet. Never. There's no fingerprints like yours ever that will be. You have a unique moment in history that God has put you here in 2018 as his workmanship unique. And there'll never, ever be another you. And it speaks of his glory and of who he is. But it also speaks to how he made you. My church family, he didn't create you just to exist. He didn't create you just to pay bills. I thought I'd get a better amen than that. Apparently we have a church that loves paying bills. Let me say that again. We weren't created just to pay bills. We weren't created just to suck up air. Come on. We weren't created just to be on vacation all the time. We were created for good works. Good works. That's what you were created for. So God has this purpose in mind. And then you know what happens? He made you. And I want you to listen to this quote. This quote says this. We need to live by design and not default. Now, what I am speaking to you today are things that I have been thinking about for this last year. So many people are just living by default. Whatever happens in life, it's coming my way. And we just live by default. And actually, instead of living by design. See, design denotes purpose. Design denotes, you know what? There is organization. There is structure. God had a purpose. And so I want to live by that design. Now, let me ask you this question. Is life defining you or are you defining life? Does life have control of you or are you in control of your life? Because I talk to people that life is just man. They're, they're all over the place because they have allowed life to control them, define them. Or are you in control of your life? Now, I know Pastor Phil God's in control. I, I understand that. But you know what? For some people, life is pulling. Life, somebody told me the other day, I just haven't been to church because of life. Life's pulling. And, hey, I get it. I understand it. But you know what? Life will pull you away. Life will bring you out of alignment of the purposes of God. And let me tell you, the enemy, that's his goal for you, is to pull you out of alignment. Because you know where out of alignment is? And when you're out of line, there's pain. There's problems. And the devil has a heyday with that. And so at some point, you've got to say, you know what, life, you will be in control. Life, I am not going to be just be my, have my life out of control. And our life being in alignment is so critical because you have a purpose. And I want to remind us of that today. Here's the second reason why alignment is so important, because there's a competition for my time and attention. I know that's not a genius statement, but how many of you have figured out? Do you know the credit card companies have a plan for your life? Do you know they want to know what's in your wallet? They want to know. They have, they, have, they have a plan. They have a plan. And I think what can happen in our lives is we start adding, listen, we start adding things to our life that God never meant for us to add. We start adding. And the truth is, if we would be honest, many of us, are doing way too much. We're doing way too much. We're buying too much, right? We're trying to fit much in, much in. And here's the mantra of the world, right? The mantra of the world is this, and this is what the world teaches us. More is what? Better. 
better. More is better. You got $1, $2 is, come on, help me out. Better. better. You got one car, one car is good, but two cars is better. Come on, you got one kid, two kids is? See, I knew you were going to answer on that one. I knew you were, I knew there's, you ain't going to get me on that one. One wife is good, two wives is wrong. Wrong. It's still wrong. It's still wrong. I think it's so funny because, you know, people that don't believe, like, they come up with these things, and, these, and I get it. But they're like, you know, well, you know, in the Bible, King Solomon had tons of wives. Yeah, but that wasn't God's best for his life. You know, it wasn't God. It's like the seminary student who asked his professor, hey, uh, professor, uh, why did Solomon in the Bible have so many wives? And the professor responded, (laughs) this is a funny question, right? Why did Solomon have so many wives? And the professor responded this way, in hopes that at least one of them would be in a good mood when he came home. Come on, someone. No, that's bad. Bad pastor. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, guys. I'm fasting and praying, so sometimes my flesh just pulls me out of alignment and get back into the alignment of God's purposes. Let me give you this. I've never heard the guys laugh so hard. And then we were like, you know, listen to this quote. It says an overwhelmed schedule often produces an underwhelmed soul. Somebody once told me this, and I don't even know if I should share it, but I understand the context of it. They said, when fatigue walks in, faith walks out. What does that mean? It means I can become to the point where I'm so tired that I don't even know what I believe. And a lot of that comes from putting more stuff on our life that God never intended for us to have. And look what King Solomon wrote, the guy with all the wives. And listen, in Ecclesiastes, we're going to get into this book this year. It's, it's so good. There's so much. He talks about his successes. He talks about his failures. But in Ecclesiastes 4, 6, King Solomon wrote this. Listen to these words. Better one handful with tranquility than two handfuls with toil and chasing after the wind. He says, I know I have two hands, but better to be able to hold on to one thing with peace than to have two things with toil. You know, I looked up that word toil in the Hebrew. The word toil in the Hebrew means exhausting physical labor. And then he says this. He says, and there are people who will chase the wind. Do you ever notice the thing about wind? Wind can be going one way this time and then next way this time. And when something that's blowing in the wind can end up in San Diego, can end up over here, can end up over there. And you're chasing, listen, and you never get to what you had because you're chasing the wind. And involved in that is a lot of toil, pain, and problems when we get out of alignment. Ladies and gentlemen, there is competition for your time and your attention. And you know why? Because you have a purpose. You have a purpose. Let's live aligned with God's purpose. I don't want to be like Pigpen. You know Pigpen from Charlie Brown? Every time he shows up, there's all that dust that's around him. Like all of these things, all of these problems. And some of you are like, you're, you're thinking of people right now as I'm saying that. Every time they show up, it's just like a bunch of stuff. And you just go, what, what, what's, what's going on? And this is what can happen in our life when we don't live aligned to God's purpose. Here's number three. Why is alignment important? 
because time is short. On two levels, let me say this on two levels. Number one, today, today, you're one day closer to the end of your life. Aren't you glad you came to church to hear this encouraging word today? Thank you, Pastor Bill. It was really encouraging. I know. I'm, Phil. I'm your friend. And I want to help you today. But today, you're one day closer to the end of your life. But here's the second level. Jesus is coming back. He's coming. He's coming. Listen, I am, I am not an eschatologist. That is somebody who studies all the end times. And uh, I had this big long um, conversation one time with a guy. Uh, and let, let me just tell you this just real quick. Um, I met him on Craigslist, right? And some of you are already like, did he kill you? No, I'm still here. I, I'm still here. We were buying some lights for the church. And, and so he said, oh, your church. Uh, and so he started asking me all this stuff about biblical prophecy. And then he pulled out like this calendar and he's like marking all these things. And I'm like, and he's like, well, Daniel, this, blah, 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 blah. And then he said, and here's what I've come to. I've come to this. And this was last year. Jesus is coming back on October 10th, 2017. And then he, I, was, I was looking at him. I was like, wow. You know more than Jesus because the said the father. And, and he walked me around. And said, this is why I don't hang up paintings. Uh, you see all the walls? They're all empty because we're going. I'm, I'm out of here. And then he turned to me and he goes, so what are you doing to prepare people for Jesus' return? And I said, I do two things. I don't know all these calendars. And obviously he was wrong because we're still here. Either that or we all missed the rapture. One of those things. And this is the tribulation. I don't know. But we're totally gone. I mean, if, but no, 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 no. We don't. The Bible says we don't, we don't. Right? And this is what he said. What are you doing? I said, number one, I live my life every day ready to meet him. I do my best. And number two, I'm a pastor. Every single Sunday we give altar calls to help people prepare for that day. That's what we're doing. I don't have the scroll, but I can tell you this, time is short. And I believe we're living in the last days of the last days where prophecies are being fulfilled. And some of them are in the middle of being fulfilled. And what I'm saying to you, we need to align ourselves with God's purposes. We can't just live with a who cares attitude, whatever. Listen, let it all, let it just all come to me. It doesn't work that way. There are people that do not know Jesus Christ. My church family, do you know that last week in our kids' ministry, there was a young girl who was about four years old, who came to church and she's never heard about Jesus. Right here, Vista Marietta High School in Marietta. There are people who do not know about Jesus. And can I encourage you, he is coming back. And this is the purpose of the church, that we come together, we hear, we get excited, but we don't just stay here and be the frozen chosen. We get out and we say, you know what? We got to make a difference in people's lives because time is short. People need to know the goodness and grace of God. Come on, somebody, this morning. Time is short. James says this in James chapter 4, verse 13. Are you happy you came to church today? 
James chapter four, verse 13 says this. Now listen, you who say tomorrow, today or tomorrow, we will go to this city, that, spend a year there, carry on business, make money. Why do you not even know what will happen tomorrow? It says this, what is your life? You are a mist. One translation says a vapor. You know what a mist is? Have you ever boiled some water and that little, you see how as quick as you see it come up, it vanishes. He says your life is like a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Instead, listen, you ought to say this. If it is the Lord's will, we will live and do this or that. What is he saying there? He's saying is this in alignment with God's purposes for my life? Because that's a good indicator whether you should do this or that. Is say, Lord, is this your will? Come on, let, let's take a, a, a ride down history lane. I remember when I was 19 years old and I was like, I'm not 20 yet. I'm not 20 yet. I'm still a teenager. I can use that as an excuse. And then I turned 20. And I'm like, well, I'm in my 20s. Okay, I'm in my 20s. All right. But then there's that thought, I'm just not a teenager anymore. And then, I don't know if it was like this for you, but it's like 29 years old. You're like, I'm going to be 30. I'm going to be ancient. And then you turn 30, right? And you live through your 30s. How many of you can remember when you were 19? Right? Now, some of you can't. I believe that you, maybe you were just too wasted that time. You just cannot remember. The, the time was gone, right? A little too much of the, you know. I, I get it. Some of you are like, yeah, I don't remember. Was I, honey, was I 19 one time? Um, you can remember when you turned 30, and then 39 is like, oh, it's all over. It's going to be 40. Now I'm 47, and um, it's like, but I can think back. The other day I was thinking about being in high school. I have some memories of kindergarten. Here's my point. It's like that. Like that. Boom. Life is happening day by day. Time is short. I do not have time to live outside of the alignment of God's purposes for my life. Now, let me just tell you, here's a great word. God will redeem the time in your life. He will do that. He will do that. But can I just say this morning, let's live with an urgency that Jesus is coming back. I want to live within his purposes. See, in other words, we have to align our life with his purposes. But listen, I will never change my life until I change the things I'm doing every day. See, today counts. And see, a lot of us want our lives changed, but we don't want to change what we do every day. Every day counts. Can you believe it? We're, we're almost, January's almost done. I was like, don't judge me, okay? Don't judge me. I still have my Christmas tree up. We turned on the lights the other day, and we're like, oh. And I walk into the store, and there's hearts for February. It's Valentine's Day. I'm like, no, I don't want to go there yet. I love Christmas. My wife's like, we're taking down the tree. I'm like, no, you're not. <laughs> and then my, my son's like, let's leave it up. I was like, but you know what the thing is? We can't leave it up all year because then it loses its wonder. Well, I have to take it down. January's gone like this. And see, what have we done? That's why I asked you today. All right, we're 20 days in. How, how's it going? Where are you at on your, your goals? Where are you at on your, your prize? Because if you keep doing what you're doing, you're going to get the same results. So we got to change what we're doing. And we got to say every day, and today's, 
today counts. What I like to do in my messages is give us some thought process, look in the word of God, but not leave us without giving us some practical things that we can do. How can we align ourselves with the word of God? How can we align ourselves with his purposes? Is this good this morning? And so let, let's, let, let's look and spend the remainder of our time with these, just these four things. Let, let, let me help you. Let's talk about mastering the habit. Here's the first one. We have to decide what's important in our lives. I want you to listen to this because this can happen in my life and I'm sure you're going to relate. You know, our lives can come to a place where they're not being defined by what's important anymore. They're being defined by what's urgent. And if we're not careful, we can lose sight of what's important for the urgent. And many of us in this room will say, yeah, I'm doing urgent things. But then at the end of the day, we're like, eh, they weren't that important. And so what can happen is we're always allowing our lives to be defined by urgent and we'll miss the alignment and the purpose. I want my life to be defined by what is important. And I want to encourage you. I know this sounds so elementary, but I, I always like to write things down. Just get a, a napkin or something. My dad always used to write on napkins and like draw pictures and stuff on napkins. Maybe that's all he found. But get it and write five things this year you're going to do well. Oh, I can do 20. No, 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 do five. Remember what Solomon said? Just do one hand this year. If you master five, man, you're great. But what is important? Is God important? Is spiritual growth important? Coming to church important? Winning our community important? What's important? Is your family important? Come on, we've got to define those things. If not, listen, your life will be defined by somebody else. And many people are. They won't say it aloud, but mother-in-law's running the family. Did I overstep my boundaries? Mother-in-law's running it. She's running everybody's lives. Everybody. Now, I love my mother-in-law if she hears this. I love you, Blanca. And she's great. But you know what? She has enough wisdom to realize that Phil and Val are living in alignment with God's purposes. And she encourages us to that. And when there's something that she sees that's not, she helps us. But what I'm saying is that for some of us, it's friends. And if we're not careful, they'll define your life for you. And they will get you out of alignment in the things of God. Sometimes it's family members. Sometimes it's our kids. It's other things important, but not urgent. And see, there's a lot of things that end up on our schedules. But can I encourage you? Don't allow them to dominate your lives. Listen to Philippians chapter three, verse seven. It says, but whatever was to my prophet, this is the apostle Paul talking. He's an amazing, amazing guy. And, he's, and he, he had this incredible conversion. Uh, Jesus showed up and he fell off his horse. And I mean, he, he used to kill Christians and, and he, had, he was a Pharisee. And then he found Jesus and, and he was a brilliant mind. And he's talking and he says in Philippians 3, 7, he says this. He says, but whatever was my prophet, in other words, the things that I used to think were real important, I really didn't do that God thing, but the things that I thought were really important, listen to what he says. He says, I consider them lost now for Christ's sake. He says they weren't really important when I put it up against the purpose and who Christ was. He says, was it more? 
I consider everything a loss compared to the surpassing greatness. Everybody say that with me. Would you say that? Surpassing greatness. Here's a guy who's a brilliant intellect, a guy who had status, a guy who had things in his life, but he says, compared, compared to Jesus, it was surpassingly great. My relationship with Jesus, surpassingly, I experienced surpassingly greatness in my life. And everything else, look what he says, I consider them rubbish. That means garbage that I make attain Christ. What's important to you? Here's number two. And when those things, those values are important, give calendar time to the important things and eliminate the non-essentials. You know, a lot of people tell me they have values, but can I just encourage you? If your values don't show up on your calendar, they're not values. If we don't schedule that into our, our lives, can I just encourage you, schedule church into your life. Schedule about an hour, 15 is a service, and then you know what, a 15 minutes to hang out, drink some coffee. Man, your life will be significantly better. You know, listen, don't just say, Dad, don't just say you love your kids. Put them on your calendar. Time to spend time. Spend time with your wife and your husband. Listen, it's not a value till you put it on your calendar. You know, Psalms chapter 90, verse 12 says this. This is a great prayer. Teach us to number our days. Teach us to number our days and recognize how few they are. Help us to spend them like we should. Spend them like we should. You know what you need to put on your calendar? You need to put on your calendar time for rest. Can I hear a good amen today? Amen. Time for rest. Rest just doesn't happen. See, for most people, it happens by default because they're exhausted. They live an exhausted life. And I want to say it again. You're living by default instead of design. Constantly exhausted. And I love being exhausted on Sunday because I know that I'm living for God's purpose. I, there's, nothing, there's nothing more fulfilling than sitting on my couch on a Sunday afternoon knowing we had a great service, people's lives were, I love all that. But you know what really stinks is when you're exhausted doing the wrong things and you get nothing in return for it. You need to make time for, for rest. Take what we call, the Bible calls the Sabbath principle. Take one day and rest. Now for some of you, it's a lot to sit even in this service because you're always like, I do so. Can't sit down, can't sit down. You need to sit down and you need to rest and take one day. Can I just tell you, God can do more in six days than you can in seven days. That's the Sabbath principle of taking one day with your family and, and resting. You know what we need to make time for? We need to make time for relationships, time for friendships. We need to make time for those things. They don't, good friendships don't just happen. You have to invest. You have to spend some time, and it's worth it. Is this good this morning, or is this too practical? I just want to help you. I want to help you get to the end of 2018 go, man, I'm in alignment with God's purposes. I, this year's better than last year. And here's number three, and I'm going to just spend kind of the last time on this one, I wanted to, as a, as a speaker, sometimes you have, I was telling my wife, there's so much information sometimes, and I have to really decide and see where the Holy Spirit wants me to spend some time, and I just want to spend this last part on number three, and it's so important. If you are going to live in alignment and master this habit, you're going to have to set some boundaries. I knew I wouldn't get people jumping in the aisles, and oh, I just felt the Holy Spirit, Pastor Phil, when you said that. 
You know, many times in our lives, we're out of alignment because we don't have proper boundaries in our life. Now, I know, and this one to spend a little bit of time, when I say boundaries, that's not a Christian word. We're just supposed to love everybody. You are. And we love everybody unconditionally. But can I ask you a question? How many of you lock your doors at night? That's a boundary, right? How many of you have skin on today? Do you know that this right here, your skin is a boundary? So all of the stuff in your body doesn't fall apart? And God puts skin on you so things that are outside wouldn't penetrate because this is a boundary? Many of us in our houses, we have a, a, a gated fence, right? That sets a boundary of you know what is your lawn and what is your neighbor's lawn. Now listen, if you ever watch a track race with people running, there's lines that are drawn for them. And they don't run everywhere. They run in their lane. Those lanes are boundaries. And here's the reality. If you'll stay in your lane, it'll preserve your strength. It'll preserve your strength. And it'll help you get to where you need to go. Because those lanes also not only keep you in a certain place, it also keeps your competitor at a certain place. Is this too, is this too deep this morning? And so some of us in our lives have not defined our boundaries. We just haven't defined them. And let me say that what I said on New Year's Eve, and please, I, I would just encourage you, go back and listen to the message called The Win. It's my favorite so far. You know, people don't even know why they're on the track. People don't know what even the prize is. Have you defined the prize for 2018 in your life? Because you're running. Paul says everybody runs, but not everybody wins. And some of us don't win because we don't even know what the purpose is. We don't know why we're on the track. We don't know what the prize, what is the prize? Where's your family gonna be this year in 2018 at the end? Where's your marriage gonna be? Where are you as a single person uh, gonna be? Where, where, where's your life, where's your finances gonna be? See, those are the things that we define, but lanes help the runner stay aligned with the direction he's supposed to go. Listen to this scripture, Proverbs chapter four, verse 23. It says, keep your heart with all diligence for out of it spring the issues of life. Everybody say issues. Now, nobody wants issues, right? But we got issues. But you know that word in the Hebrew actually means this, boundaries. The Bible's saying this, that keep your heart with all diligence because out of your heart flow the boundaries of your life. Can I ask you a question? Do you have boundaries in your life? Let me ask you this. What are they? Think about it. What, what, what are they? You have to have, and we have to have boundaries on our temper. All the ladies are smiling, all the men are going. Do you know that when me and my wife have a disagreement. In the disagreement, there's boundaries. We don't say words, certain words. Well, that was so stupid. That's, that's outside of the boundary. You know what that is? That's total disrespect. But even when we argue, we argue and have disagreements within the boundaries of love and speak the truth in love. We need boundaries. Okay, this, are you ready for this one? I'm warning you before I step on your toes. We need boundaries in our spending. Have you ever added up your Starbucks bill? I did. Five days a week, five bucks, five, 10, 15, 20, 25, $25 at Starbucks. It ain't that good. 
Come on, when you're a college student, right? Ramen noodles, yes. $25, that's going to be a meal for me for a week. Now, I love Starbucks. I spend a majority of my time there, right? Drink some. I'm not preaching against Starbucks. But what I'm saying is that we need boundaries in our life. That's why I started brewing at home. Come on, somebody. Come on. God loves coffee. How do you know, Pastor Phil? There's a whole book. It's called He Brews. Come on, somebody. And everybody think, a lot of people think that Paul wrote it, but if a woman wrote it, it would be she brews. Come on, somebody. (laughs) You know what boundaries do? They keep you in alignment. They keep you in alignment. And here's another question. Just one. What rules do you use to set your boundaries? If 50 shades of gray is how you are going to set your boundaries for your marriage, This is what I put in my notes. Are you ready? We can't rely on culture to shape our boundaries and wonder why we're not living for Christ. I'm just going to be honest with you. What do you allow to shape your boundaries? Game of Thrones? Right? It's funny. I was thinking, you know what we used to shape our boundaries? The Huxtables. Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Come on, somebody. Let's go way back. The Brady Bunch. They were a mixed family, but they were, they were all right. Right? Can I just encourage you? Our families, as families, we need boundaries. Your kids need boundaries. I'm only going to say this for 30 seconds because people don't like when they talk about their kids because they get real mad. So I'm going to say it looking at the screen. <laughs> See, some of our marriages aren't in alignment because our kids have no boundaries. And we have not set boundaries on our kids, so our marriage is not in alignment. Okay, I'm still looking at the screen. I'm moving this way. The four-year-old determines what happens in the family. The four-year-old determines whether we come to church or not. Your four-year-old needs boundaries. The four-year-old determines when he goes to sleep. The four-year-old. Oh, Timmy's cute. Yeah, but Timmy's a terrorist. Okay, so anyway, (laughs) I said it that way. That way I said it. Some of you know exactly what I'm talking about. We're afraid sometimes to put boundaries on our kids, but let me say this, and I will move on, all right? You don't have to talk to me in the lobby, I promise. No, I know you love me. Timmy's learning boundaries from you as a parent. He's learning. And he learns parents don't have boundaries. I do whatever I want. And you know what? That will keep your life out of alignment. And can I just suggest to you today that God's word be our boundaries. That if God says don't do that, that's a boundary. That he says he wants you to live in. Listen, and God says this. If he says do this, then that's a boundary. Now, let me, let me close with this today, and I'll give you the last one. Some of us, our boundaries are too narrow because we've been hurt. 
what happens in abusive situations is we can get so narrow in our boundaries and in reality we only let the bad people in and we don't let the good people in because our, our, our thinking is not correct. And for some of us in this room, we need to open up our boundaries a little bit and let the right people in. Some of us, our boundaries are here. And I'm gonna say this in all truth and love. I know they're your spouse, but they don't have the right to treat you any way they want. There's boundaries. And I think there's this, I don't know why it is that we think as Christians, we just need to let people step all over us all the time. There's boundaries. Do you know Jesus secluded himself and went to pray? That's a boundary. Because he knows that he needed communication with the Father or he wouldn't be anything to the masses if he didn't commute and, and spend time with the Father. And so for us, for some of us, we've had these boundaries where people in our lives just treat us the way that they treat us. And can I just encourage you today, it's time to set the right boundaries and align with God's word. It's okay to tell somebody, hey, listen, you go live with mama until you get your act right. You go live with your mom until things get, you get okay with that, whatever you're dealing with. But I'm not gonna sit here and allow my life to be abused. I love you. It's tough. I know it's tough. But you know what? You want to live your life in alignment with God's purpose. And some of you need to have the discernment. Do I open up or do I? And let God minister that to you. And here's number four. We regularly take inventory. I think it's a good thing every day to say, what am I doing? Man, where's my life? Am I in alignment with God and what he wants to do today? Thank you for listening today. We hope that you were encouraged and uplifted by today's message. For more information about Passion Life Church, visit us online at passionlifechurch.com.